This is a Pod Dealers Network podcast. Hey, this is Janasia from Janasia Danielle Hair on Instagram, and this is my season two Saturday morning podcast. Um, We're just going to kind of dive in, pick up from last time, and kind of talk about some of the things that the listeners were had questions about, some of my friends had questions about, and yeah, so we're just going to dive into that. Um. So some of the people, some of my friends um, had asked about my upbringing with artists. Um, I had uh, someone reach out to me on Twitter about my upbringing with artists. Um, When it comes down to living with my my dad and my mom and, and their creativity, the one thing that I really appreciated the most was my my father's paintings, like the fact that he had all of his paintings kind of like throughout the house in different places. Um, one memory that I'm not sure I brought it up in the last episode, but one memory that I have very specifically was he painted this woman who was topless and she was standing in front of the pyramids in Egypt. And I'm, I'm standing there um, in my Easter dress, we, there's a picture of me in my Easter dress, and I'm actually standing in front of the picture. And so there's two pictures of me. There's a picture of me standing in front of the picture. There's a picture of me standing beside the picture. So imagine like little girl, Easter basket, and I am standing right next to a topless woman in front of the pyramids. And so that was um, one memory. Um, and then another memory that I have just Saturday morning was just the music. My dad had this amazing appreciation for hip hop and he would blast Outkast and Jay-Z and Diddy and um, Method Man and Red Man and just hip hop from all over. It wasn't anybody specific. It wasn't like Southern music. It wasn't West Coast, East Coast. It was very much from all over. And he would just blast it. So whereas some people would wake up to just like gospel or, you know, I would wake up to bombs over Baghdad. And so um, mm-hmm. I-, I think that since listening to every, to other people's um podcast, it made me realize that there were parts of me that really didn't feel a part of Black culture growing up because of the fact that I lived in Italy, but because of the fact that my parents are Black. (laughs) Of course, there were things that I definitely um, was, like, connected to on on a much bigger level than I thought, than I initially thought. Um... I think that sometimes military kids, growing up military, you kind of like, you feel more so connected to the military culture than you do um, 
and this is just me, especially since I grew up overseas, you feel more connected to the military culture than you do um, your Blackness sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes, because you don't get the experience of being around your family, being around your cousins, being around your grandma, being around, like, you don't get that experience. And so listening to other people's podcasts made me realize that there's a lot of different things that are very much similar, regardless of where you live and where you, uh, where you stay. As far as my friends reaching out, um, a lot of my, a lot of my friends didn't necessarily know some of my feelings, um, about black, black people, like about us as it pertains to like me in white spaces, like what I talked about in the last podcast about me just kind of feeling better than, <laughs> better than people, better than, you know, the people around me or the people. And so I had, uh, I had some of my friends kind of question, not question me. I wouldn't say they questioned me because those are definitely conversations that we had in, in, in certain spaces. But um, they they definitely brought up just the fact that they didn't know how, how bad it was for me. Um, so, yeah, that was like a, that was a big thing that came up after that episode. Just and then even with me, like me having that conversation and me just actually just talking about it and it being a thing I I sat back and I realized I was like dang like that was me for real it wasn't like a like it wasn't me that was that was me that was how I used to think and so even when you look back on like my Twitter and on my Instagram whenever I had initially posted the episode I said you know this is my my podcast this is my the my story about the Saturday my Saturday mornings. And then it's also, um, like just me explaining my trash elitist mentality as a kid that you don't necessarily know that you carry around up until you're an adult and you're around other people and somebody points it out to you. Actually, when I was in college, I met this guy, his name was, uh, Clem, Clemence Heard. He is actually, uh, he is going for his master's up in Oklahoma right now. And he started a group called uh, BAPS, uh, Brainiacs Poetry Society. And um, he just like walked up to me one day and was like, hey, do you do poetry? And I did kind of sort of, but like not really. And um, and so I just went to I just went to one of the meetings and joining BAPS changed my life. Like, I was around so many extremely genius, dope, like, Black men. Um, and that right there was kind of, like, the beginning of me really just being, like, all right. Like, being able to see, um, being able to be around, like, just Black people in general, but specifically Black men. And I say that because... I think that that is where some of my my um, elitist, really trash, trash mentality, where it like kind of like hit the hardest. Like that's kind of where it was very prominent because when you're around a bunch of white folks and um, as a black woman, 
it's it's kind of like, oh, well, you're one of the good ones. Like, you're one of the good ones. You're a girl. You're soft. You know, you don't have this. You don't talk like this. You don't act like this. You don't do this. You don't do that. It's fine. But whenever I saw Black men, like the Black boys in my classes in those spaces, it did not matter how they acted or how it didn't matter because at the end of the day, it, it was almost like, but you're still like, you're still like a, a black, like you, you still might do something like you still, they were, they got in trouble way more. They got, you know, suspended, expe- whatever. And that was even when I was in Texas. And so I think that whenever I joined BAPS to see, um, Black men really express themselves and write poems about things that they were struggling with. And um, us staying up until two o'clock in the morning, like rehearsing poems and and just being in those spaces where I wasn't, like I, I didn't grow up with my older brothers and I didn't grow up with my older cousins. And the only person I saw was my dad. And between my dad and my stepdad, they're very macho don't show that emotion that much emotion type men and so actually when I was coming up I grew up thinking that men did not have feelings (laughs) and I know that sounds crazy but that's just kind of I always it wasn't up until like then where I'm like seeing these men just be very vulnerable and share these poems and their feelings was that really opened it up to me and then also um I was around a lot of people that were from New Orleans and um I don't know if anybody knows like a lot of like women from New Orleans they're still like sometimes they can they can come off as just very hard and I just used to kind of be like no I don't think I'm gonna be too close with this person or that person because of just how they're very strong women like very very strong very headstrong just very strong women and so being around those women and being around people who like I'm very strong but I love you like crazy like there is no love like (laughs) people from down there have this way of loving you that will make you feel like home no matter where y'all are at and so being in that being there and being a part of Bass was such like a pivotal moment for me because I was able to see so many because I I think in the group at one point it, there were probably like maybe 10 11 I think at the most at the most maybe like 13 or 14 of us and everybody was from different places we had uh somebody who was from California we had people from Shreveport we had people from New Orleans we had people from Baton Rouge they were from all over the place there were people from Texas and so to be able to see so many people so many of us from so many so many different walks of life and like it just opened my eyes to just be like wow so we're really not we're really not all the same (laughs) and of course you know that like I knew that I knew that but I just didn't feel it like I had never felt it like that before and it just it wasn't until we got all together and I was like wow man like this is being black like this is this in that that was the pivotal moment for me. anybody like man that city is and I'm actually in the process like I am considering moving to New Orleans and like just anybody from that city like my 
my ex, he was from New Orleans. Like oh, yeah. being a part of his family, like being a part of just that, you feel connected. Like mm. I remember when I went to I went to Mardi Gras as a tourist. And then I went to Mardi Gras with somebody that was actually from New Orleans and it was two completely different experiences. Yeah, like yeah. you would almost think that I was in two different cities. Mm. Like the way that he just showed me like, no, you got to see, you got to see New Orleans for real, for real. And so, I mean, I love the city and the people down there are magic. Like people from New Orleans are magic. I don't care what anybody says. Like they are, they are, um, they're amazing people. Like they're just, they're, they're super dope people and that like i said that experience and it took people from new orleans to show me my blackness if that makes sense because that is what clem was from new orleans the girl liz that i'm talking about liz is from new orleans john was from new orleans and so it was them it was them it was them that was like yeah no this isn't gonna work it was them. It was them that was Clem that like would help me with my stuff, help me write. It was like Liz that helped me like see myself in such a strong light. And Liz had this collection of black cinema. Like she was, she loved black cinema. And so she'd be like, you've never seen this movie. You've never seen this. You've never seen Boomerang. You've never seen like all these, like you've never seen Paid in Full. Like you've never seen Belly. Like she would just be like, give me this rundown. And she would invite me to her dorm and she would just show me all. I mean, and when I tell you movies, it would be movies from like the 50s and the 60s, like black movies that I had never even heard of before. And she'd be like, no, you got to watch these movies with me. And I would sit up and we would, <laughs> we would drink. We weren't even 21. We sit up and drink in her room and watch these movies. And it was, it was like, it was people from New Orleans that was really just like, yo, like, no, this is how, this is black. Like, this is what you do. And I just, I appreciate them. And I appreciate that city so much because it's so full of just culture and just soul. Like, and I, and I love it. I love it. So yeah, it wow. was, it was people from New Orleans. So yeah, this is Janasia. And that was my season two Saturday morning flavor for y'all. If you're looking for me, you can find me at Janasia Danielle Hair on Instagram or at JDesfroze on Twitter.